Welcome to episode 39 of They Think It's All Over. We won't change our narrative, no matter what happens in the next 10 days. Welcome listeners, this is They Think It's All Over, the football shirt show, ready to give you your weekly kit fix. Who's joining us this week? It's Mike at Footy Shirts. From the start this week, it's Scott at Flying Scotty. And I've got over my chafing, it's Tom at Shirt Fan. As usual, it's Adrian here at Football Shirts Hallier. Tom, big question everybody's been asking. How's your wrist? It's sprained, but it's healing. That's the most important thing. Mike, I can see you're wearing an absolute banger. Yeah, it was my my birthday present for my wife, my 87 Villa away shirt. I've had no chance to wear it yet since I got it at the weekend. So but what better occasion to put it on to look at you, ugly lot? Yeah, it's the reason we do a podcast and don't do it by YouTube. Mind you, it doesn't stop others. Right, so this week coming up, we have got Kit History, a special Norwich feature, Shirtroom 101, the return of Confessions of a Kit Man. But first, the weekly news. There's something rotten in the state of Denmark. Are the new shirts to be or not to be a hit? That is the question. It's always so hard to follow your intros. I, I feel a little lost. So, yeah, uh, Denmark, where to start with this? I think what I'm going to do is, obviously, this is about their, their statement regarding their red out, black out and white out shirts. So I think the easiest thing to do, because I think it sums it up best, I'm going to read the actual tweet that they put out rather than the full statement. So this is what they said. This shirt carries with it a message. We don't wish to be visible during a tournament that has cost thousands of people their lives. We support the Danish national team all the way, but that isn't the same as supporting Qatar as a host nation. So I'm going to ask, what do you guys think about this? Because I'm going to be brutally honest, and I smell a bit of a rat on this one, to be honest. I think... I veer on the cynical side of things because there was absolutely no mention of this protest, this message on the original release, which was, you know, when this goes out almost two weeks ago. And for a message that is so important, and it is, and it's a great message to put across, you would think that that would be deserving of a mention straight away because it's it will be the number one thing these kids are judged on. And I am a little suspicious that these kits came out. We had a full press statement. We had a statement from the CEO of the Danish FA. And it was all about a homage to 1992. And they went big on that marketing spiel. And we never got any of this. And the kits were seen as stinkers by a lot of people. So it does make me a little suspicious of this, if this is true about this is their message. Although, of course, it's impossible to argue against that message but it was this a marketing tactic or was it the start of a conversation hard isn't it you can't really disagree with uh, a statement like that without coming across like a bit of a c-u-n-t so who better to hear from than scott (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree with the message but i i'm i'm afraid i'm with mike on this one i think it's what if that was the case why would you not say that on release it's it's not like you would damage the sales if you did it on release or anything like that and and 
if you, I'm not sure if you guys were aware, but you can actually only buy that shirt on the Denmark website and it only ships to Denmark. So it's not like they've had a PR issue or sales issues because they've highly restricted their sales anyway. Um, so I just don't understand why 10 days later after slating of the design that they've all of a sudden decided to say, make the statement. And not only that, it's not particularly prudent as well because even though it's a blackout shirt and yes, okay, you won't be able to see it on TV, they still have the chevrons on it. They still have the logo on it. And and without being completely simplified with it, everybody fucking knows it's Denmark and who they're made by. So it's for me, it's a very strange narrative as if it's, you know, it's not like the team have showed up and people have gone, oh, who are that? Or they're not going to know it's Hummel. I, I'm a bit confused by it, to be honest. And I think it might backfire. Yeah, and and just to add to that as well, the the the, the official line is we do we don't wish to be visible during a tournament that's cost thousands of people their lives. So what are they saying? Are they are they blacking out or removing the chevrons and the Hummel logo from all training wear or all of the tracksuits that players pre-match jackets, the the coaches attire, the 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 fucking sponsorship on the team bus? Do you know what I mean? I know it's stupid, but anything it could literally it'll be everywhere and anywhere. So it, it's it's not a message I, I completely believe. I agree with it, the, the 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 reason behind it. But if it would have been that would have been said from start, brilliant. But but they have said as well, Hummel, that there is going to be a leisure wear range for this tournament. So if they're wishing to remain as invisible as possible, why release this stuff anyway? There's no rule that says they have to have their logo on it at all. So they, you know, to, to blank it out, but still have it in color. And also why release three shirts if you don't want to be commercially associated and make money from a World Cup? You know, they're potentially only playing three games. They do not need three colors of shirt. Now, correct me if you think that I'm out of line here saying this, but there, there have been issues with this World Cup since it was announced. I mean, literally, the minute it was announced, everybody was on. There was the corruption narrative. Then there was obviously all the things that have been going on with the immigrant workers. And then there's the human rights issue, you know, along with all the LBGT community. Is it a bit crass to now be like, oh, we're going to wear a shirt, but we don't want to be represented there, but they're still going there? You know, if they felt that strongly, and and I know that most of the, everybody feels the same. You won't find anybody that, that disagrees with all the issues that have been going on, but all the teams are still going. So I, I just find it a little bit of a, maybe a cop-out's a bit harsh, but it's like, oh, we're still going to go to the World Cup because if we win it, we're still going to, you know, be World Cup winners, but we're going to protest at this. I, I just feel like it's a bit, a bit half-assed. If you felt that strongly about it why wouldn't you pull your nation out i mean it's a great conversational point i think we're going to go around in circles and say what is great it has stimulated more debate about why this world cup's being held where it is which is a good thing it's raised more issues out there which is a good thing so yeah there's some there's some positives there the latest fifa release came out but did they give away the game they did and it's got chelsea in a little hot water amongst fans on online it's always online, isn't it? It's always the fans online that, uh, that have got the issue. But yeah, they're, they're annoyed because Chelsea hadn't released their third kit, despite there being a number of leaks to show what this was going to be. 
And there was a huge delay with the away kit this year at Chelsea. It, it was almost three weeks delayed from their initial release date to when it did come out. But this third kit has been released or leaked in the new FIFA game before Chelsea communicated that A, it was a kit, or B, when it was coming out. So the fans were left asking, why and when is this going to be happening? And since then, Chelsea have put a statement, a tweet out to say that it will be available on the 6th of October. But did FIFA kind of push their hands or was this kind of like a considered marketing move? I haven't played FIFA for many years, but um, presumably they have to like design the kits or whatever, or do they update them as they go along when like well, player I d- transfer? I did Does it, is, like, is it real life now? Like if a player moves, they move on FIFA? I, do you know what? I haven't played FIFA in years. I don't even have a console. But, right. Um... I, I, maybe I can help you old bastards out a little bit. <laughs> Fuck me. Jesus Christ. We're, we're trying to stay like relevant here, guys. At least try. <laughs> right. So there are different game modes to FIFA. So I think that the key with this one is that a little while back, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there were a few TikTok releases um, videos going around of kits and leaks and so on that were all denied at the time and all of the kits that were apparent leaks back then have now come out to be the real kit so this, this Chelsea one being on there isn't a massive surprise but I mean in this day and age can Chelsea really forget that FIFA have that kit on their game when when they when they drop that game I, I, I don't believe for one second they, they, they can forget that. You say that, but they reunited Aubameyang and Thomas Tuchel and that lasted 29 <laughs> minutes. So, <laughs> not a lot of joined up thinking, I don't think. And they signed Lukaku again. <laughs> well. Is there any other examples, Tom? That This can't be the first time because there's quite a lot of shirt releases that are A, getting later and later and B, you now got four shirts that come out in January. <laughs> So I think this has happened before. I think it happens with some of the Euro 2020 kits. So I think that was leaked in like a gameplay trailer, the Germany away shirt, before it had been unveiled by the German FA, that black one, remember they had in the Euros. And I think it also happened again this year with Liverpool's third kit. And again, like Mike said, this third kit was in the demo for FIFA and went online. And I, I don't, again, I, I'm not, I don't read up a lot of things about Liverpool, but I don't think this third kit has been released yet, but it's in the game. Don't need to read up on Liverpool because I'll tell you. <laughs> Gents, we've got um, some breaking news coming in from the They Think It's All Over helicopter. Uh, down on the ground, we're going to go across to Tom at Shirt Union. Hi, everyone. Uh, nice to be on. <laughs> Thank you for parking the chopper on top of the house. So, Tom, you joined us in episode 15 of uh, the podcast under the Nike T90s template special, which is a brilliant listen. Anybody hasn't heard it, go back to it. But um, there were a couple of things in there that sort of were left, we left the door open, didn't we? We didn't quite have closure because as complete as your T90 collection was, I know it's grown since, there was there was a big omission, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Uh, so probably the most controversial one to pick up in the T90s, for me, being a United fan, is the Arsenal T90s. So after being cornered, I said, yeah, if I could get it for cheap, right? under £20, well within, under budget. I was watching one of the away shirts on eBay, admittedly a few months ago, 
and managed to bag it for just under £14. It's not in the best condition, which I think is why. And I think it was finished at a dodgy time. So it shows that you can still get bargains um, with a bit of luck and a bit of timing. And I did manage to bag it months ago. And it's been sat in my house because I knew what was in it. But I managed to get hold of the Arsenal away. I should be wearing gloves. And I feel a bit embarrassed really showing this to to Scotty knowing that he's a United fan too but and, the blue T90 yeah for maybe he's not seen it but obviously oh and we've gone for oh. a name set yeah but it's quite damaged which is why I think it put people off so there's a big scratch right down zero on the 10 on Burkamp. the letters are typically well washed but yeah managed to pick it up for a bargain and I said that I'd be true to my word if I managed to find it for a bargain it would go into the collection so here I am Added it in. Collector's curse. Do you know the only um, positive link to United for that shirt, Tom? Uh, well, for the home game, well, sorry, in the home shirt that they wear, the red one would be the Keane versus Vieira uh, battle. That's the only thing that comes to mind. But for the away shirt, they were 49 games unbeaten until they came to Old Trafford and got beat wearing that shirt to stop them getting a 50. That makes so, me a little bit more happy to have that as part of the collection for that momentous moment alone. You proudly own it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kept that under wraps for quite a while because <laughs> because it's Arsenal and because I'm a United fan. Mike, you put together our eBay thread the other week. I think we're all believers that eBay is the place for bargains out there. Would you own a Birmingham City shirt? Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I I respect the fact that you you've gone all out for the collection. Fortunately for me, there isn't a Birmingham City shirt in existence that I would need to own to complete any collection. And even if there was, I still don't think I would. Carl, what what you what you want to say? That's not true, Mike. Surely you want the swastika third shirt in the season. What the fuck, man? No. <laughs> Again, I should, I should, I should not have to keep saying that I am not a fucking neo-Nazi on this podcast. I mean, it is massive commitment to the cause, not Mike's cause, Tom's cause, because I would, um, I couldn't do it. I think because of the template, I can see why you've had to complete it. But yeah, it's, I, I don't. There's, I actually had, I got gifted a Leicester City shirt for my birthday from my mother-in-law bless her heart um, because she'd obviously seen that they'd won the league etc and it was quite a, a rare occasion and she thought oh that'll be a good birthday present but Mares came on the back and the minute he moved to City I sold the shirt so I, I couldn't even own a Leicester shirt with a City player on the back so you you're doing better than me <laughs> you still got your Highland shirts oh, unfortunately yeah but I'm now in a position where that I'm just asking for triple the price everybody seems to disappear so <laughs> they th- they saw me coming they were like oh he hates Highland well low ball him. not a chance <laughs> there we go so we've got the scoop the news of the news just before we move on from the news we briefly mentioned FIFA on my little Chelsea snippet so I thought I'd test you guys with a quiz on some of the shirts that have appeared on FIFA covers over the last 20 odd years uh, you all game for that? yeah I think I last played FIFA in FIFA 2000, so this is going to go well. So you're going first, then, Scott. (laughs) EA Sports to the game. So, 
the first question I was going to ask was between FIFA 06 and FIFA 09, the same two players appeared on every one of those covers of the game for three different club shirts. Can you name the players and which club shirts featured? It's one of them, Ronaldinho. It is Ronaldinho, but which shirts? There has to be an A. Is there an AC Milan one in there then? There is, and that, that was the that was the tough bit. Barcelona. Yeah. And Brazil. No, no. So you you got the two club shirts and Ronaldinho. So you're missing one player and their shirts. Or is it Rooney? Rooney. It is in Man United shirts. Oh, Christ! So, I didn't know one. There we go. That was too easy. So I'm going to make it a bit harder. So only one goalkeeper has ever appeared on the front cover of a FIFA game, and it was FIFA 95. Can you tell me which goalkeeper shirt he was wearing and what goalkeeper it is? I, do you know what? I, I legitimately only have vague, vague memories of this. So I, I'm not going to mention it in case any of your questions are based on it, but I, rem- I remember a couple of funny facts from around those eras, but all I can remember from that one, and I could even be wrong on this, I'm sure it's a green shirt he's wearing. Oh, you're good, Mike. You're good. It is a green shirt. But I, I, that's it. That is as far as it goes. I couldn't tell. I can remember the pose, like a diving pose. Yeah. I, is I it just, like, I, is it Eric Forsbed? Oh, you, Spurs, that's yeah. an unbelievable shout. Yeah, I don't know. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. You get, bone, you get good brownie points for getting that one right, AD. And then in FIFA 20 or on FIFA 20, there were two different front covers. Can you name the players and which shirts they're wearing? Was it, was it one that had one of the women's players on? Was one of the, the covers a women's player? So that's this year's one. It has Sam Kerr on the front with him. Ah. But FIFA 20, you had Van Dyke in his Liverpool gear or you had Eden Hazard in his Real Madrid shirt, which he's never been seen in again. So it's a <laughs> rare one, that one. And then finally, one player has appeared on the last three covers of FIFA who is he and what shirts he wearing? It's got to be Mbappe of PSG, then, isn't it? It is. Yeah, that's it. I'll tell you what. But before before you move on, I, I'll tell you one thing. I do know, and I legitimately know this. I can't remember the exact year, but one year the FIFA cover consisted of two players. One from, I believe, it was not County, and the other one was Brescia. And it was taken because it was the only photo they could find that was was basically not trademarked to someone and it was i think from the anglo-italian cup um and they they ended up using it as the cover and i i did even know the Notts county player that was on there but his name has escaped me which really annoys me wow there we go and if anybody didn't know mbappe is the first technical director and head of transfers ever to appear on the cover of fifa as well let's move on to the return of confessions of a kit man confessions of a kit man confessions Confessions of a Kid Man. Confessions of a Kid Man. So this week's story is quite topical, actually. We've looked at, uh, we've seen England in the week, uh, Harry Kane having a six upside down as a nine. So this is one's around printing errors. Um, and there's been a few. But one of the most important ones is we've printed a Johnny Williams shirt. Oh, sorry, I've printed a Johnny Williams shirt. I'm stood there looking at it going, that's one of the best prints I've ever done. It's completely straight, the spacing's good, really happy with it. And I thought, something's wrong. 
I've got the A and the I the wrong way around. It now spells Will Ames. Luckily, I realised before it even went to him. So it never got on the pitch and it currently sits in the cupboard at the county ground in the kit room. Kid history, kid history, we haven't made it up. Kid history, kid history, we read it on Wikipedia. And this week we are heading to Scotland and more specifically St Mirren. The reason I've chosen St Mirren is because there's a little bit of contention as to why they wear their colours. So St Mirren were formed in 1877 and are based in Paisley in Scotland. They appear to have worn worn black and white stripes pretty much forever, but it is why they wear those that people have disagreed. There are three main theories. Number one, the River Cart runs through Paisley which splits into two smaller rivers, the White Cart and the Black Cart. Bit boring, that one. Theory number two, the colours were taken from the black and white robes of the Cluniac monks who founded Paisley Abbey. That one's a little bit better. And then number three, which I think is the one that we should start telling people is the official reason, the colours could possibly have been taken from when Paisley used to host an annual charity match between chimney sweeps who wore black, and bakers who wore white. That's got to be the best of the reasons, hasn't it? Which one are we going for? Three's a belter. It is, isn't it? Black for, yeah. black for chimney sweeps, white for bakers. I like to think that the, the chimney sweeps turned up from work, covered in shit, and the bakers wore their white baker's aprons to play. There we go. This is called kit history, not kit. Let's have a fucking guess and see which story we like best. It's all fucking guesswork, AD. So go on, what, what are we saying? Uh, let, let's, make, let's make it fact. Wh- which one are we going with? Three. Yeah, can't argue three. It's the most interesting. Yeah, I'm not buying the monk one. And the river's shit, isn't it? Yeah, more so. I don't know how... Yeah, it's not... I'm not sure how they link them two together really that well. I still think it's amazing that for something that has been around for so long and how iconic home shirts are that almost every single club you speak about nobody fucking knows where their <laughs> where their colors come from what i find from doing this is is there's one or two things there's e- sorry one of three things there's either some mad fucking wacky story that we've already heard some of which we just don't know is true there's some really just boring ass reason like it's the color of the coat of arms from that town or there's ones like this where there's literally like three, four different reasons. And with some of these clubs, like fans literally argue about, about the reasons as to why it is. And this with St. Mirren is one in particular. And that's only the three main theories for their colours. Apparently, there's like a whole list of reasons why people think they wear black and white stripes. Right. Let's move on to this week's feature. For our feature today, we are really excited to have on Billy, a.k.a. at Norwich Shirts. How are you, Billy? Yeah, I'm really good. Thanks for having me. No worries at all, mate. Now, as we were just saying on the uh, on the not recorded part, myself and Tom know pretty much nothing about Norwich Shirts. So we're really, really looking forward to you 
educating us, especially because I'm going to throw him under the bus here. Tom once claimed that all Norwich shirts are shit. So you are here to to prove him wrong, and I, I don't even care that I've, I've thrown him under the bus for that. Mike's, anything- Mike's been sneaky there because there was a proviso. <laughs> it was an Alan Partridge joke, and it only worked <laughs> with Norwich. So, <laughs> for what it's worth, the Norwich uh, kits this year are three of the best best around. So, I, I totally agree. Thank you. So it's good. So on that note, we'll go straight over to you, Billy. Just tell us about yourself, who, who you are, what you collect. This one. Billy and I collect Norwich City match-worn football shirts, um, 32. But yeah, I started off collecting like everyone else. You do replicas every year. And then before you know it, you've got a wardrobe full for over 10 years. And then there was a couple on eBay, like match-worn shirts I bought. And then I was like, oh, that's different to the replica I got. And then you start doing a bit more research and there's just much more differences that are better than the replica and then before you know it you're in a snowball and you just want match one shirts opposed to replicas so when did uh, you start really with it billy like what wh- when was the transition how long had you been collecting replicas before you moved on to the, the match one stuff well you, obviously when you do the replicas you're a kid going teenage probably between 18 and 21 was the transition as in you know you pick up one here and there some of them was accidental at the time i didn't even know it wasn't until you then do a bit more research. So, oh, I've actually got a match one shirt. Because I bought like, a collection of um, an auction. It was like 30 shirts. And there was only a couple in that I wanted. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll, have, I'll buy them. And then it wasn't until I got them through. I was like, oh, this is different to the replica I got. And then you do more searching, watching videos, photos. And you're like, wow, look, I've actually got something that's quite rare. What was your first match one then? My first match one was... Um, it had been a Kyle Norton away shirt. So which year would that have been? That would have been late 2011. Yeah, yeah, okay. I was Because I'm just kind of having a flick through on Football Kit Archive, like I always do when we have these kind of features. And you must be like a real like goldmine of authenticating information because we all know how to identify kind of match-worn Nikes and Adidas's and the bigger brands, but Norwich have had so many, not lesser oh, brands, really? but... I would have no idea telltale signs on like Aria shirts or even, you know, going back to the 90s, like Pony and stuff. So can you tell some us any of them, the, the big signs to look out for? Some of them are really tricky. You have to, you have to more know of the patches, um, especially on the Pony stuff, because that was very similar. The size and the older stuff is a lot easier to identify because you've got the clear difference between you got a nice um, embroidered pat, uh, badge as opposed to a felt one. So obviously you started with the Norton then. So from there, did you did you pretty much once you had that one? Was that it? Was you you went into match ones and did you still do you still buy replicas or is your your collection now just it, it's all match worn? And and to follow on from that, how many have you now got in your collection? How many match worn shirts are there sat in that little gold mine of yours? So I've got five hundred and eighty match worn player issue. Shirts. I don't tend to collect replicas, but I will buy a replica every now and again to wear to matches or to play football in. But they don't get included in the collection. That's like just casual wear, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's it's 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 mad because I think some of us have got sort of like three, four, five hundred shirts. So some people less, obviously, but to have that in match one is is crazy. So do, does that span pretty much? Have you got 
set from a season up to, to current day? Is there anything you're missing? Oh, I'm missing loads. As funny as that sounds, I am missing quite a lot. But I've got from 71 to 22, as in 2022. But there's obviously a few seasons and certain matches in between that that I am missing. You can't have everything. When 580 sounds a lot, but I've got like, you know, when um, it was lockdown, we had like 18 different shirts that season. Is that just because we're looking for patches and things like that? Yeah, like the yeah. NHS, the, the Black Lives Matter. Then they changed it. Then they changed the pack. I, I had to get them all. So when you five and eighty sounds loads, but when you break it down because of how many you have per season, it's not actually that much. If that makes sense, it does make sense. But the one thing I really want to know: Have you got like a complete season? So you've got? Have you got a shirt from every game of a particular season? No, not every game, as in fixture, but I've got one of. So I've got the home away third. Cabo Cup, FA Cup, the, each round of them. Yeah, a poppy shirt. That's that is the aim for every season. That's that's insane. I think that that takes it to a whole new level because like because myself, I, I'm not a match worn collector. Mainly one of the reasons is I, I can't afford it and I'm too scared because I don't know what I'm looking at most of the time. But I find that I even as even just as a replica collector would like each different version that's worn. But when you step that up to match worn. That's that's insane. That's 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 some crazy, crazy levels of commitment. Yeah, it is crazy. But you can't stop because you buy you buy now for later on because late the shirts that are now thirty years old are making good money. Where you can get modern shirts. Like I got this year's um, Cabo Cup ones. I think I got one for a hundred quid from the club. So the club do like um, you can't see it, but. They're, lovely presentation box and then the club provides the certificate and the certificate also has um, a number you won't be able to see this but it's like on a holographic yeah and then in the shirt they also put a holographic which matches the number so is that what the players wear that holographic thing yeah. they add that no in no no, no. this is what it. so the players wear the shirt yeah and then when they go through the club the club's official auction they put that they in take, they take photos of them and then they give them a unique uh, hologram, which certificate and shirt match. So you sort of future proof your investment as such. Yeah. Yeah. So they can't be copied or. I really you know. wish that more clubs would do this kind of thing. Like a lot of some Italian teams do it. Like uh, Verona have always been really good at selling match ones through the club store. But there's yeah, not many. Do do it. Similar as well. But I, I wish more would do it because it. Like you said, it t- it takes away that risk you're talking about, Mike, where you're not sure what you're looking at, and and a hundred quid is a that's a great price. Like you wouldn't even be able to buy a, a Nike sh- shirt for a replica from Nike for a hundred quid these days, all printed up. So, well, if you go into the club shop and have the patches, uh, players' name and number, and the shirt, I think that's just over seventy pounds. And I, I got a match one with certificate signed for a hundred quid. And obviously, the, the money the club get that gets put into the academy. But recently, they've because um, we had a rebrand, they changed the badge. They sold off all like the club, the stadium number uh, letters and the, the crests and stuff on there as well. Yeah, big turnstiles and things like that. Well, not turnstiles, but just, like, anything with the old crest on it. Okay, right, right. Did you get anything? No, because they were for silly money. <laughs> Single letters, just a letter that was on the stadium, were like five hundred quid. See, wow. I know someone. Um, I know someone down at Sutton United, and they 
obviously when they got promoted to League Two, they had to make huge changes because it was real kind of amateur ramshackle, their stadium. And they had these ancient turnstiles that I think had been there for almost like 70, 80 years. And they were thrown away in like a skit. But I know someone that went and found them and has just now got them proudly sat in their living room. <laughs> so, but but talking of crazy money, Billy, we, we do put people on, on the spot when we bring them on. We, you, you've talked about your bargains, but what about at the other end of the scale? What what's the if you're happy to say what's the most you've splashed out on a match worn shirt? So, can we do it in two in two stages? So, of course. A single shirt. I spent four thousand as a collection. I bought. I bought someone's collection, and it was ten. I just have to like jump wow. in there because people won't be able to see this and only listen. But Mike is crying. <laughs> <laughs> no, do, do you know what? I, that, that's the, this is the first time I've ever because we because for everybody anybody listening, we record the the video stream on this so i think that's the first time i've ever wanted people to see our reactions <laughs> to an answer because i'm not gonna lie billy that is that is for me that is insane so do, do you know so can, can we ask then firstly the the the, the four thousand sorry what what shirt was that that was kevin keelan's uh last shirt that he wore for norwich it was an admiral one wow okay what year is that that is 82 that's insane. His appearances for the club will never be beaten. I think you have to don't hold me to this. It was like either six hundred and fifty or seven twenty appearances. So a real like club legend. Yeah, but like modern footballers that just don't stay long enough to get that many appearances. Mm. So that he'll never those appearances will probably never be beaten. Although that's the most expensive shirt that you've got. Is that your favourite shirt in your collection? No. So that's my Ian. Uh, Ian Crook away, 93-94 Premier League shirt. The Egg and Crest year. Yeah, the Egg and Crest year, yeah. We only wore this once against Bradford. And that's, and obviously, I don't know why I'm asking, but just to clarify, that's also a match one one Worn once yeah. and you've got one. Yeah, yeah, one and done, yeah. Sorry, so, so, you know, I'm still reeling from the previous conversation to this year. I'm, I'm struggling to get my bearings back on it. But I think for a lot of people who listen might not realise that was kind of a bit of a, a golden era for Norwich, really, wasn't it? I mean, I think for a lot of people who haven't looked back at the, the history of the Premier League, they'd probably be surprised to find out that Norwich were, well, did they finish third in the in the, the first season? Uh, you know, behind, first season. Yeah, yeah, behind United and Villa. And and they went on, was it the following season they beat, did they beat Bayern Munich in one of the legs? Or, it, yeah. They so, did, yeah. As, as much as it's good, it does get drummed about. You know, <laughs> kind of a weird, like for Norwich fans, they love it, but it, we never got nothing off for it. So it was a bit of a, sweet if that makes sense like we always it always gets brought up but to other fans are like yeah great but you didn't win the competition well what a volley again by jeremy goss it's Alan road all over again here in the olympic stadium and gun leads the applause from the other end of the ground and norwich city have taken the lead here just talking about that, going back to Premier League years, the, the Norwich team that, because I'm 32, it's a good age, Billy, a very good age. But <laughs> one of the teams I always remember was when you just got promoted to the Prem in the early 2000s. And so it, that uh, been 2004. And I, I just seem to remember there was Paul McVeigh, he was playing up front, right? Yeah, that was, that, that was a good team. We had then. So, I mean, talk, talking about that, then talking about the different the different eras that, that Norwich have gone through. So, are there certain shirts that are kind of like cult favourites for Norwich fans? Like, we know you've got your egg and crest, which everybody loves. There's 
I mean, I don't know if Norwich fans call it this, but some of us call it the bird shit shirt. Yeah, no <laughs> so, doubt, yeah. So, so it's I mean, even we, more, yeah. Yeah, so we got those that, that, you know, people know about and see as like favourites. But are there some that would probably take us by surprise that Norwich fans kind of hold quite dear? Yeah, the Essex um, 89 shirt, home and away. Norwich fans really, really love it. The away one is quite rare to get as a replica for under, in a good size for under like 200 quid. They used to go for like nearly 400 as a replica because they just they just weren't, back then they weren't that many produced. So now everyone wants to wear them and it's cool to wear an old shirt. They're just really, they get snapped up quickly. It always surprises me how many different manufacturers certain clubs have. And Norwich, I mean, for you to have some of these in your collection, you go through all the kind of great and good manufacturers, really. You've got Hummel, you've got yeah. Admiral, you've got classic Adidas, like 80s Trefoil Adidas. Like When they, we didn't, didn't, when they made by Zara once. Yeah, that was in 2000s. They were Egyptian brand, weren't they? They weren't the best shirts, I don't <laughs> in my personal opinion. And also the, the name sets on them, even on the player shirts, are really poorly done. Like if, if you don't look after them in a really good way, they peel and they just all they crack. They're just awful. They don't. They do not. Keep, there's older shirts that just look pristine in comparison to those ones. In in regards to your shirts, then you've spoken about the most expensive shirt in your collection. But what's the best story in terms of like the weirdest place you've you found one or like the cheapest you managed to get one? What's the best like collecting story you've got? So I found one in Australia from a Chelsea collector. He contacted me on Instagram and just said that he'd bought um, a few Chelsea shirts and um, in there was a Norwich one. Would I, is that something I'd be interested in? And I said, oh, yeah, of course. So obviously he sent me some photos over. He sent me some photos over and I was like, wow, yeah, that's like long-sleeved uh, 72 shirt it was. And that's one of them ones. He's the other side of the world. Like, I had to put my trust into him, which I did. And to his word, sent it. It went on a plane over 10,000 miles, I think it was. And it arrived exactly how he described it with the photos. And he didn't stitch me up. And, and even this day, I'm forever grateful for him because if he didn't reach out, I wouldn't have found him. I love, I see, I love stories like that where, you, you know, what are the chances of A, him get, seeing your profile, getting in touch, and, and just that? Like, but it, it means that shirt has now gone to a good home. So it's a great, yeah, back, like that. back to Norwich. Yeah. yeah. But that's the power of social media. Obviously, 580 shirts, I think you said it was. So we got, the question I've got to ask is, you say you haven't got them all. What, what's next? What, what's the dream shirt? If you could pick one up tomorrow, what would it be? I really would love a playoff final from 2014 season. I haven't got one then. I'd love a UEFA Cup shirt, uh, home or away. There's a couple of finals, semi-final. There's just there's individual special matches that I just haven't got. But they, you can't buy what's not available. So you have to... I do spend about an hour or two a day searching across the world in a, in a hope that... <laughs> the curse of the collector. You can't, yeah, you can't yeah. do that. I think that's interesting that you said there, there's like certain special matches that obviously you'll, you'll want to try and get, but are there matches that you would just avoid? So say if like a shirt came up, it was a particularly bad defeat. You'd be like, mm, don't fancy that one, thanks. <laughs> um, if I need the shirt, that doesn't. that's irrelevant. It's the same for like, I don't particularly like certain players, but... If that shirt came up, I'd have to buy it because you can't be picky. I guess with your collection, it's so different because you're so committed to what you're doing now with it. You have to, 
you can't like you said you can't let them slip you're you're like building a catalog like a museum piece you know like museum pieces so yeah you, you're kind of like chained to it but it's great i mean i bet you pick up all sorts of different bits yeah like i've picked up shirts for like two quid off ebay like where it's been listed incorrectly and no one's looked at it and you just stick a bit in and you think, sort of forget about it and you've won it you think wow every one of your shirts is is, is match one but obviously we all know that certain players have, have gone on to to greener pastures, shall we say, for, for this instance. Have you got any shirts that you look at a little bit begrudgingly because the player's gone elsewhere or or anything like that? Um, oh, like Emmy Grindy, I'll bring that because obviously you've got him. But no, I, I still I still love that shirt. I still love him. I think he's an amazing player. Same as Madison. When they're just good players, you, you can't strangle them and keep them forever as much as you want to. You like to let them go and and I hope they flourish, and then what you've got becomes a bit more rarer as such. Yeah, Tom's a Chelsea yeah, fan, so he won't understand this. But as a, as a Villa fan, I feel your pain. We, we I think we, you have to accept to a certain extent that players are gonna gonna move on and, and go to, to to bigger teams. Obviously, for us, it was Grealish recently. I can see Tom's itching to try and pretend he understands our pain here. I was gonna say, like, I know it, it happens a lot less, but. Still, that pain of Real Madrid reporting that they're after one of your players, and you just know by like three weeks of that being in the press, it's inevitable. They're gone. No one resists that lure. We've, I'm still not over Robin leaving, and that was what 2007. Oh, imagine that if your biggest pain was Robin leaving a few years back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, you usually end any interviews with the, the same question. So, do you want to throw it at Billy? I've been, honestly, I've been itching to ask him because I think it's rare we we get to speak to someone with a collection like yours that's so like kind of all encompassing. But the question I always like to ask people: if you could like create a fantasy shirt, so like any Norwich shirt and any player combined, and say that was their match worn shirt, who would you pick and which shirt? I'd love to see Madison in a Norwich Adidas eighty-two. That's the dream combo. Yeah, Madison, James Madison loves a long sleeve, so. What a goal by James Madison! The full free kick, all Madison magic, the ball's in the top corner, and it is Reading nil, Norwich 1. Have you ever displayed them all, Billy? Have you ever had them, like, as an exhibit? Or? Uh, yeah, I've done a couple at Carrow Road, where I have, like, about six to ten, and, like, some ex-players were there, and they there's a few photos of them looking at their shirts, and some are more interested than others. The same as like when I tag them on Instagram, I had a couple say, "Oh, can I buy my shirt back?" <laughs> what did you say? No, no. Just said no. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I love, I love the commitment to the cause. That there's not even really much of a consideration for anything other than Norwich. It's, it's good. It's no. good. Well, um, that, look, honestly, Billy, thanks for coming on. Um. It's been really, really good talking to you. We've I don't think we've really covered Norwich shirts before, other than Tom's disgraceful comment that we've now put right. Um so yeah, cheers, Billy. So everybody can find you on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, anything else yeah. where we can find you? Facebook. Facebook, and you're you're basically at Norwich shirts on all of those platforms. All, all the platforms, yeah. Brilliant. Cheers. Thanks a lot, Billy. Cheers. Great interview, gents. Scott, what's your thoughts on that? Yep, definitely the best Norwich City shirt collector around, I have to say. An incredible collection. 
unbelievable. He really does know his stuff. I don't know a lot about Norwich shirts, but I do know one really good joke about Canaries. If anyone wants to hear it, I do. What happens if you drop a five kilogram weight on two canaries? Don't you, know. kill, you kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's right. so bad. That's all right. Wouldn't have even bothered to tweet that. It was a cheap joke. Amazing how your oh, it just keeps coming. Yeah, you know what the, the best part of that interview with Billy was? It was the fact that I didn't tell Tom I was going to throw him completely under the bus and I told Billy that he said all oh, Norwich shirts were shit. <laughs> it's a great introduction to someone you've never met or spoken to before, isn't it? Right, hello, mate. By the way, he thinks your whole collection is shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, Tom, you did go on the radio this week talking about yellow kits and you couldn't come up with a good one and you didn't say Norwich. <laughs> to be fair, I'd been put on the spot. Or Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I did think Brazil. It's like, oh, not many, not many national teams wear yellow. Brazil. <laughs> like... <laughs> Only the most successful national uh, team ever. <laughs> all right. Fine. I think I got away with it. Yeah, you did good. Let's go to this week's Shirt Room 101. I give up. An absolute disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyzer to the coach, come on. Shocking. I am. I am disgusted with really. it. Hi, Tom at the Shirt Union again. I would like to put something else into Room 101. What I would like to put in Room 101 is base layers underneath short sleeve shirts. Firstly, I think that they detract away from the shirt. Quite often, they're the wrong colour. Ever so slightly, but I think the fact that the colours are ever so slightly wrong is what irks me more and detracts away from the shirt. Are they wearing long sleeves? Are they wearing short sleeves? Hold on, is that a different colour? It just looks shoddy. And especially with some shirts that have, quite frankly, fantastic designs down the sleeves, say, quite recently, Japan Away, why would you want to put a base layer underneath that shirt and not wear the long sleeve alternative. If you're cold, wear the long sleeves. If you're warm, wear the short sleeves. You've got plenty of options for both the summer and the winter. What do you guys think? There we go, gents. Who's kicking off? I'd like to go first on this one. And I'm in complete agreement with Tom and I actually noticed this myself last week when I was watching England versus Germany and England wearing that great new away kit, apart from the name sets, but we won't go into that. But that away kit looks great. But I noticed Luke Shaw in a short sleeved shirt and he had a base layer underneath. And I thought it completely ruined what is a great aesthetic on that away shirt because that away shirt has a proper design on the cuffs of the sleeves. And to see it just end halfway down his arm and then the just boring, plain red base layer continue. Like you said, Tom, just have a bloody long sleeve version so we can see the full design in full effect rather than it disrupted and just go into a boring base layer. And I think I saw your guys tweet as well about Spain's uh, away shirt and the, the, the free stripes down the long sleeve on that. I mean, how good does that look with those stripes down the sleeves? Don't want to see a base layer under a short sleeve shirt. It just ruins it. I am going to disagree with you both. So I agree that there are 
aesthetics to to take into consideration. But back in the day when I used to boss the Evesham Sunday League, I would always wear a short sleeve shirt. And then later on, I when I became kit man of my next few clubs, everyone else would order their long sleeve shirts and they always make sure mine was short. And in the winter, you bet your fucking ass I'm wearing a base layer under it because it's freezing. But for me, it, it's I, I understand why players do it because I genuinely think it's more comfortable. I think that, that a long sleeve shirt isn't particularly comfortable to actually wear to play, whereas a base layer is comfortable to play in. So for, for me, although I do agree with you that sometimes it can ruin the aesthetic of a shirt, and I do agree that they need to get the fucking colour right, I wouldn't I wouldn't put in all base layers because I understand the comfort of it. My big issue is the colour. I don't really mind people wearing the base layer with a short sleeve. I don't I don't think it looks yeah, some designs don't bode well, especially I bet you the Nigeria away from this year will look terrible with a base layer because it's got such lovely sleeves and then it'll be a plain white base layer but it's the colour that irks me um, AD brought it up before the the Juve third shirt that's already a shocker but then when they put the base layer on that didn't even match the already shocking shirt that just looked like an absolute car crash so I think I'm more I'm more for the colour aspect I think it, it, if it matches I don't mind it but yeah when it doesn't match it looks absolutely dreadful Going no. off a bit here, but you, you think the money involved in football, especially with these like tier one premium clubs, you think they could make a base layer to match the shirt, wouldn't you? But like you said, Eddie, there's a commercial um there's a commercial market there, isn't there? Because if you I know Under Armour do they do a lot of really fancy um the base layers they do. You know, they went through the phase where they had the superhero they had the superhero versions and they had they did a few movies like Star Wars and things. So it is possible to a base layer doesn't have to be plain. They could they could quite easily copy the pattern. So as you said, Eddie, that god awful third Juve shirt. Imagine if Adidas made a base layer that matched the exact design on the shirt that they could then wear, and then the pattern would still continue on the sleeves. I mean, that might actually even look quite aesthetically pleasing. So I think yeah, there's a market there that they're missing. You could sell base layer sponsorship. You could be the sponsor of the base layer for the players. Your logo wouldn't really get seen unless they celebrate a goal, but I think we're onto something here. Right, let's wrap this one up then. So we are we going to put wearing short sleeve shirts with a non-matching base layer? I just think all base layer. All base layer. Okay. A designer's gone to the effort to design those those cuffs and the, and the end of the sleeve, and then you just shit on that by wearing a base layer so, so where do you stand on that Tom <laughs> shitting on it <laughs> <laughs> so I want to keep them out of room 101 because <laughs> I like to be furious <laughs> right Tom in room 101 Tom in room 101 you nominated it Tom you haven't changed your mind since no I'm still very firmly base layers in room 101 please Mike you're out exactly that yeah they're not going in for me Scott where are you I'm gonna take. I'm gonna leave them out uh, for two reasons. One, because I think if they match, they look all right. And two, that leaves you with a deciding vote. <laughs> Genuinely, don't care enough to cast a vote either way. To be honest, guys. So um, let's just <laughs> leave it in the lap of the base layer gods. Particle. Think I'm on it for this. <laughs> cool. So that wraps up this week's podcast, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. You Thanks for agree. coming on, Tom. Thanks for having me. 
a brilliant collection, unfortunately, completed now. <laughs> well, still a few more to get, unfortunately. At least it's not the last one. You'll have to save the last one for a good one. <laughs> just just quickly, Mike, have you seen uh, Bayern have played in that Oktoberfest shirt? Does this mean you've decided on your name set? Uh, I have been half keeping an eye. I've seen that Muziala scored a goal in it tonight. I've seen that Kimmich played. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've been waiting to see if Chupo Moting gets on because I've been trying for three seasons now to buy a shirt with his name on and it keeps not fucking happening because nobody stocks the letters for his name set. So I'm not going to lie. It was one where I was considering ordering this one and then possibly getting his name set after. So uh, I'll have a look after we finish recording and see... um, See, see, see if he got on the pitch. I'd look from about 88 well, minutes onwards. And that's exactly <laughs> yeah, what on, I'm going to do. <laughs> they're on 63 minutes and they've made zero substitutions so far, so it's not looking good. Yeah, there's, there's the reasons for him having limited minutes aren't quite the same as Griezmann's, but um, that'd be uh, a nice shirt to have there, Mike. Thanks, everyone, for continuing to listen to us all ramble on and chat shirt. Uh, it'd be great if you could keep leaving us feedback, keep commenting and keep checking out the socials. We do take anything that you have to say on board. So, yeah, keep getting in touch. It's great to, to do this and to hear from you all. You're asking people to keep touching you, Tom. <laughs> like I said, my hands are chafing, the wrist is sprained. I need, I need a hat. <laughs> Just to add to that, ju- just at time of recording before we came on tonight, we hit 4,000 followers on Twitter. And that account has only been set up for a couple of months and is, I think, I'll, even if I say so myself, we put a lot of hard work into it to, to share information with people and put threads together that is obviously people are finding worth uh, following for. So thank you to everybody on Twitter that follows us as well. Until next week, we'll see you later. We won't see anybody later. Until next week, you'll hear us later. Bye-bye. They think it's all over. It is now.